Do you believe God wants to help us? I really do. I really, I really believe that. And as Sarah said, I spoke this morning um, about, really it was about having Christ at the center of our lives, really, and worshiping him. And if we do that, then um, everything else seems to just fall into place. It doesn't mean everything's perfect, but God can give us a peace that surpasses, it says, our own understanding. And um, as we continue to trust in him and believe in him, trust in him, we can experience a peace that is a supernatural peace. It's not knowledge. It's not based on knowledge. It's a spiritual peace that God gives through faith um, by the Spirit, okay? It lines up with the truth, but it's always the Spirit that gives it. It's a, it's a hidden mystery that it's difficult to explain at times, but it is the reality of God in your life is the fruit of is God's peace, amen? So that's kind of what I spoke on this morning, but we can bow down to other things, as I said. And um, I talked about not bowing down to these things so that they become idols in your life or they take the place of God. But I also want to talk about something else tonight, which is similar to these things. So it kind of weaves into this. And I've called it abandoning outcomes to God. Is it up there? So abandoning outcomes to God, replacing worry and strain. So I don't know about you, but I get anxious at times. Anybody else? Anybody else worry about things? <laughs> And like the Bible, like Jesus says about it, you know, don't worry. And Paul writes in Philippians, you know, do not be anxious about anything. But I find myself getting anxious. I find myself worrying about it. I find my mind goes on a little walk down of imagination. And I'm amazing that imagination is, isn't it? How I mean, it creates these possibilities that might go wrong. And they never happen. Anybody found that out? This is amazing. The mind is a powerful tool and it has a wonderful imagination. God has given us that. But it also creates things that, that, that really can worry us and concern us and can actually, again, rule our lives and stop us enjoying God's presence and God's peace and actually be the witness for him in this world. Um, anxiety. I've got you a statement by someone called Bill Gutiel. Uh, it's not on the screen. He says this about anxiety. Anxiety rises from an unregulated desire to be delivered from a pressing problem or to obtain some hoped for good. So we want something, but actually we don't always get it. And what we can find ourselves doing is striving to get that thing because we think that will actually help us. And sometimes it doesn't happen most of the time. His example he gives is this. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but have you ever seen a bird get trapped in a net? I'll be honest, right? When we were kids, when we were kids, one of the things we loved to do was catch birds. Now, we actually used to go and get eggs as well, and we didn't realize as kids it was, it was not right to do. And we discovered later in life, as I've grown up, you don't go and pinch birds' eggs, eggs out in nests, right? I tell my children off for that. But I did, because I thought that's what you did. You, you know, you collected eggs. But we also used to catch birds. And my mate used to have this net around the side of his house, around in his back garden, as you do. And we had, it, we had, a, we had a, a line and um, a piece of string, and it went up onto the washing line. And it was a big net, about, about a meter and a half wide. And we made it, right? It was cool as this trap. And we'd put bread underneath it. And we'd wait in his conservatory like this. And we just let the net go when they came. And we'd catch them. We wouldn't kill them. Don't worry. Is that all right? <laughs> but he had an aviary, so we used to put him in there, right? So, so they had a little bit of fun time in there. And eventually, he'd let him go. But here's the deal. When you catch a bird in a net, what does it do? It flaps. And it makes the situation worse because it's flapping everywhere. And it gets all tangled up in the net, right? And that's a little bit like anxiety. Anxiety makes us flap. 
everywhere and we're actually getting more and more tangled up in the problem then actually it's not that big a problem but if we just learnt right if we just learnt to calm down and actually take your time the problem isn't as big as we've created and you could actually take your flapping wings out of the net that you've been ensnared in and actually learn with 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 logic and and reason to actually make a good choice does that make sense is that clear he actually says what we want is to teach people to keep calm some flappers in here. Is he just me? <laughs> oh dear, man. There's always something, isn't there? Anybody realize that? There's always a problem. There's always something that needs solving. You, we, what we need is a restful spirit, this guy says. We need to be restful. I actually read another book that says this. It's all about receiving from God. The problem is we're not very receptive because we need a relaxed spirit to receive. And there's too many noises going on in and too many lies going in but too much noise going into our minds that actually we can't stop because life's busy and we haven't got time to stop because if I stop then you know I'm not doing what I should do and that, that, that actually reflects on my value so I need to keep going so I can't stop and relax and have this relaxed spirit so I can actually make a clever decision does that make sense so we need a relaxed spirit so we can make steady judgments and uh, line our will up with what's right um so we need to learn to quieten ourselves down. Now, I just want to do something with you, right? I just want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to imagine Jesus. I don't know what you think about Jesus. You might not have faith in Jesus, but tonight you can put your faith in Jesus. I want you to imagine you're just sitting with Jesus and what he's like. And I want you to think, what's the, what's the quality? When you think of Jesus, what is the quality that you think Jesus would have or your experience or your knowledge so far of Jesus, what would it be like to sit with Jesus? Maybe you just feel the love. Maybe, you you know, just the peace. I want you to imagine sitting with Jesus. And then I want you to imagine this quality. I just, I, I just imagine you sitting with uh, Jesus having some food, right? I love the disciples when they, when they discover Jesus, Peter, when he discovers Jesus after the resurrection and Jesus is sitting there making some food, man. It's like, come on, let's go McDonald's. Let's just chill out. What is Jesus like? What's his quality? Because this, your theology, what you think, will reflect when you have flapping times and you, and you put your faith in God. This is going to reflect actually what you believe and it will reflect on your outworking in your life. So I just close your eyes. This is what I want you to imagine Jesus. I want you to think of him as the most relaxed person you'll ever come across. Totally chilled. Even though the storm rises, even though the problems, even though there's debt that you're trying to, even though there's all them problems you've got, Jesus is the most chilled person in the world. And I want you to just keep that in your mind and carry that thought with you. Okay, open your eyes. I'm still here. Does that make sense? Because if you imagine Jesus being chilled and you realize that Jesus is in you and you reflect on Jesus, when the storm starts to brew, you can remind yourself, no, Jesus is with me in this boat and Jesus isn't flapping. It's me that's flapping. So if Jesus isn't flapping, then I can learn to trust in Jesus and what he says and learn not to flap like Jesus doesn't flap. So I want to read a scripture. It's from Philippians. It says this, Philippians 4, verse 6. And it says this. It actually says, I'm going to read a little bit before because I noticed this this afternoon. It says this from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. I mean, uh, when is that? What, what, when I'm having a good day? When, when worship is the way I want it to be? What is always? You understand what I'm saying? When is always? 
always. This is Paul, right? Paul had many occasions when he probably didn't feel like rejoicing. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Then he says, I'll say it again, just in case you forgot. <laughs> rejoice. Then he says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Wow. So focus on God. Rejoice in him. The Lord is near. So the God is with you. This, this Jesus who's proper relaxed, right? Who's chilled, who holds the universe in his hands, who understood the plan before time and how he created it and what he was going to do to save me and you, has this thing in control, right? Would you agree with that? Does he, do you agree your destiny is in his hands and you're secure, right? We get that, right? You got it. He's near. And then he says this, Paul, do not be anxious about anything. That's a challenge. That challenges me because I can find a billion things tomorrow morning to be anxious about. Can you read that? Sorry. Do not be anxious about anything. Then he says this, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So Paul is telling us, what he's saying, why does he say don't be anxious? Because he knows we'll get anxious. Yeah. He's not saying you won't get anxious. He's saying you will get anxious. But when you get anxious, this is what I want to teach you, how to deal with your anxiety. And he says this. Have we still got it? Don't get anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer. And I want to give you six things, I believe, that can help us deal with when outcomes maybe don't go our way or the outcomes aren't, you know, what we plan them to be. And how to let go of those outcomes and actually trust God so it doesn't create anxiety in our lives and worry in our lives because it hasn't turned out the way we thought. It doesn't make sense. So here are six things I'm going to give you. The first one is this. Wait and pray before acting. Do you like that? Wait and pray before acting. How many of us react? And there's other th there are more things we're going to get to in a moment why we react in different things. But, you know, in, in the, uh, James writes in James chapter 1, verse 19, he talks about, you know, how we react to things. Okay? And the first thing he says is, dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. You know, you've heard this before. You get two ears and one mouth, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So the Bible's clear on giving us direction on how we should respond. And, you know, sometimes in life, as I said earlier, things don't turn out the way you want them to turn out. Would you agree? Or actually, you, didn't be, you weren't a part of the thing that you wanted to be a part of and somebody else was. Is that okay? That's okay. See, it's the reality of life is, here's the deal. Sarah said something the other week about missing out. But you will, you will miss out on something. That is life. Whether you believe that or not, you will miss out. And you need to learn to, at some point, accept that I am missing out on this thing that's happening and not base your value on it. Because here's the good news, right? If you can learn to do this, wait and pray, this is what you'll discover. The presence of God in your life more and more. Because it's the presence, the indwelling peace of God that actually you want and overrides all the things that you've missed out on. In my opinion, that's just my experience. I want to know the presence of God. And even though I've missed out, I'm not going to base my value and my worth on the thing I missed out on. I'm going to base it on him and him alone. 
And that you think I've missed out, but I haven't because I haven't missed out on him. And he's the one I'm talking to and connecting to. And actually, the indwelling spirit of God is increasing me in my life because I'm not finding value in that. I'm actually finding it in him. And it's increasing because I'm going to God and talking to him. I'm waiting. I'm not responding and reacting or taking offense. I'm connecting to him and finding he, he is enough for me. He's more than enough. See, that's the, the plan of God is this. The plan for God, for God has for your life is this. He's saved you, he's rescued you, but he's forming you into the image of Christ. Do you realize that? Yeah, we realize that, yeah? So he's forming you into the image of Christ. So sometimes those things happen in your life, you think, why has that happened? Why did that have to happen to me? I don't know, I haven't got all the answers, and we might not never ever have all the answers, but here's the deal. God is forming and forming his image in you so it's your choice on how you respond to be formed into the image of Christ in and through that so the best thing you can do is wait and pray before you act you won't miss out on the presence of God you might miss out on the football team or the whatever it was or you know you didn't get what they got and yeah you're always getting that yeah but you've got the presence of God so don't lose your peace and your joy base it on that thing right base it on God and God alone wait pray before you act let the peace of God rule your heart in Christ Jesus don't let these other things rule your heart okay so that's the first one wait and pray before acting is that helpful it's a basic thing to do but most of us don't do it we react first of all we'll get upset the second thing is this prepare you got to be prepared for possible disappointments you might not succeed you may upset somebody. I may upset you tonight. I come in here, a few of the guys were asleep at the, at the back and I decided to wake them up. I probably upset them, so I'm really sorry. You know, I'm really, really sorry. I do apologize to you, right? Um, I did. I probably upset them, but I'm sorry. But you will upset someone. You, you, you can't guarantee to please everybody. We try and be people pleasers, but I'll guarantee at some point you won't please somebody. And that's okay. Because you can't do that. You're not God and you're not, you're not perfect, you know, and, and, and that's the way it is. So you've got to prepare yourself for possible disappointments. As I said earlier, his idea is to form you into the image. Um, I said this this morning, but, you know, we're not to wrap our identity around this thing that's happening. We're not even to wrap our self-esteem around this thing because at some point it will fail. And if we wrap our self-esteem around that, you know, we're going to lose that at some point because we won't be on that or we move from that or there's disappointment or I didn't please everybody. So I'm actually wrapping my self-esteem in something that is, you know, not, um, not consistent. The only thing that is consistent is God's truth in your life, God's spirit in your life that is constant and consistent and that is what should be our source. Okay? So prepare yourself for disappointments. Find yourself in him and him alone. Sounds a bit negative, doesn't it? I'm sorry. This is the reality of life. Um, third thing is this. Be genuine. Be real. I, um, I said this morning about pressure. Do you believe? I, I think there's a lot of pressure on society today. There's a lot of pressure on you that's trying to get you to form to a certain way and put the pressure on you that you should be a certain person. And, um, you know, I find myself at times trying to project what I want people to see. And the danger with that is I lose myself in that because that's not who I am. So God wants, God wants to see, but more importantly, people want to see the reality and the genuineness of who you are and sincerity of who you are rather than what you think people want to see of you. And that's the danger, I think. We create anxiety in our lives because then we've got to live up to this expectation that's not the reality of who we are. 
and that's what I'm projecting to the world and what people think about me. So if you, if you do do that, if you're like that kind of person, can I encourage you to, you know, um, just acknowledge your weaknesses, acknowledge your vulnerability of who you are, and, you know, rather than trying to be everything to all people. And the other thing on that about being genuine, sometimes, um, you know, you've got, you've got one end where you're trying to be somebody else and project somebody, and then you've got the other end that you kind of got, where was me and I'm no good. Yeah? And that's not the reality. That's not genuine. That's, that's kind of a pity party, feeling sorry for ourselves. And I know life's hard. And I know it's difficult. But if we keep doing that, this is what we're doing. We're projecting, we're projecting and asking people for sympathy all the time. And you won't go far with God doing that all the time. You won't, it won't happen. You'll just go round. You'll be on Facebook. You know, oh, and sad. And I see babes. It's not going to change anything. Now, God loves you like that. He loves you anyway. But the sympathy game isn't going to work. Right? Empathy is what you need. You need people to love you and understand you. But sympathy game isn't what you're after. So just watch yourself. Are you doing things to look for sympathy? Oh, I'm not feeling very good today. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Because that is, that, that, that is never going to be fulfilled in your life. You're only going to find that in God. If you're doing that all the time, I'll give you something to do. If you're constantly looking for affirmation from people all the time and sympathy from people because you're feeling sorry for yourself, I'm going to give you something to do. Is this okay? Stop doing it. Okay, but this is what I do want you to do. Say something good about yourself and tell people what your strength is. Stop the sympathy game and put yourself down all the time. Now, I'm not saying you need to go around and go, I'm good at this, babe. Check my new Instagram. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I'm asking you to do is this. Just be aware of the sympathy game that you're getting yourself into. Because that's a pity party. It's got pits. You name it, it's got as many pits as you want to go to. It will not get you out of the pit, babe. It'll just keep you down there. Babe, I don't know why I'm talking babe language. <laughs> Does that make sense? Be genuine. Be real. You know, talk to people how you feel. But don't play the pity party or sympathy game. Be honest. Be real. But make a choice to... And, you know, put your faith in God that God doesn't want you to remain there. He wants to help you. He wants people to empathize with you and love you. But he wants you to get out of there because he wants you to be like Christ. Cha-ching. Okay? So be genuine. Be real. You know, the heart, I've written something down that that guy I spoke about earlier wrote. He says, the heart finds relief in telling its troubles to another. So not on a negative, on a positive you know, a problem shared, right, is a problem, you know it, okay? So what I'm saying is you can talk to people and share your problems, but don't, live in, don't look for sympathy. Look to come out of that place and be restored because that's God's plan for your life. Is this all okay? So you've got wait and pray, prepare. You know, you might be disappointed at some, at some point, so don't put all your eggs in one basket thinking God's going to do everything for me that I want and it's never going to be problems. That's not life, right? And then be genuine. Don't project somebody you want people to see. Be real in this because people aren't silly and they're not stupid. They know when it's sincere. And um, the fourth thing is this. And this is a business. All right, okay. Uh, This this one, I I have experienced this on several occasions since I put this down. And um, it's this. Let Let people cut you up. Now, I don't mean cut you up as in cut you, as in, you know. What I mean is when you're driving along the road, someone will cut you up. How do you react? (laughs) 
How do you react? Does it make you anxious? Does it do you not in? You've got those really good people that go, nah, nothing bothers me. You know those cute people that just sit in the queue and go, yeah, let them all go in front. We just want to chill and hang. Anybody like that? All the time, yeah? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't mind people coming in front of me, right? I don't mind some, the odd person coming in front. Do you know what does me in in queuing up? When one person's gone in front and the others have all gone do the shopping, then all of a sudden the whole family comes. There's about another five of them that go, I'm with them. I'm like, oh, blinking queue up. <laughs> Pay the price yourself. I, um, <laughs> I'll tell you this, I'll be honest, right? I got... Um, I got a speeding ticket. See, I'm being honest. This is not sympathy I'm after, right? I'm not having a pity party, although I'm over here. I'm not having a pity party. Here's the deal, right? I went on this course, and um, on this course, they said, um, they said this. They talked about, you know, you know the three-second rule? You've got this three-second rule. You're supposed to have three seconds and all that kind of be- between cars, Right? And then as you go faster, if you know, you're supposed to give bigger distances. And they talked about problems on the road and why people fall out and so forth. And um, they were saying one of the main things is you get cut up. You know, you're driving along the motorway. You're doing the right speed. You're being a good boy, good girl. And all of a sudden, that idiot pops in from nowhere. Just, you know, you cut in. Cut in. Get your back. Is that just me? You with me? Is it, am I just a bad boy in here? <laughs> Has anybody else got a problem with cutting, people cutting you up? You drive a lot, yeah? <laughs> anybody got a problem with it? I've got a serious problem with it. I'm being honest. I'm, this is why I'm struggling to share this point. I've got a serious problem with people cutting me up. <laughs> it is dangerous, I agree. But here's the deal. He said this, right? The guy who was doing it, and you might have heard this, but he said this. He said, how, how, what's the distance between you? And it's like three seconds. He said, okay, so how long is it going to take for you to get a three-second distance again? It's like, three seconds? Is that right? Math, mathematician, is that right? It'll take me three seconds to get a three-second distance. Or, no, no, I'll talk to you after. I knew you'd be in the room, Baz. But it's not going to take you long, is it? It's not going to take you half an hour, is it? So it's going to take you, say, say, 10 seconds, all right? I'm being quite generous. So, so say you're on a two-hour trip. How many times do you get caught up? Loads. <laughs> Too many. I mean, maybe twice, three times. So let's say, that, say, say it's three seconds that you get, right? So, so you get cut three times. He says, that's nine seconds of your life been taken away from you. He says, is it really that bad? Is it really that bad? You, you're, not, you're not convinced, are you, Mike? <laughs> I know it's dangerous. I know they've been an idiot, but why should we become an idiot because of their idiosity? Do you see what I'm saying? Why should we get involved in this rat race when everybody else is stressed out and burning out because they're, they've got to get there in time. And if I don't get there in time, then, oh, my word. And she said this, the, 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 the lady talking, she says, you know what the issue is? And I just knew, I just, I just thought of something. I said, it's mindset. And she went, sorry, can you explain? And I'm thinking, this isn't church, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is not the church that I'm in. I'm like, opportunity. <laughs> and they said, what, 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 what do you mean by mindset? I said, well, it's a poverty mindset, isn't it? She said, you're absolutely right, young man. Oh, young man, I can come here again. <laughs> she, said, she said, you're right. She says, it's a poverty mindset and spirit with people. I'm like, wow. 
She says, yeah, because people are living with an inadequacy or not good enough, she said. And if I don't get there, then that determines my value. I thought, you bang on, woman. You can come preach in my church. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It's because we think we haven't got enough and I don't get there on time. That's going to reflect on me. Now, I know sometimes we need to be at somewhere and there's the pressure and there's the stress. But if you think about it, it's three seconds. It's nine seconds. Is it that much if you get cut up? Is it? Can you let it go, guys? I'm sorry. You know, Jeremy, you're so competitive. I've played you at Monopoly. I'm going to win this race, baby. No, Jesus is going, just, is it that bad, guys? Is, is, is it really, is it worth losing, you know, is it worth your, your blood pressure going? Is it worth the stress? Is it worth having anxiety? Well, why don't you just pray for the person who's got, I'm not saying I'm good at this, guys. I struggle with it as well, but it does create, create anxiety in my life, I've got to say. It does increase your stress level. But imagine everybody else who cuts you up or takes your place or does things like you. You imagine they just, let's let them go. I mean, look at the example of Jesus Christ. He was cut up. He was cut up for you and me. And did he react? It says no word, no sin came off his tongue. I mean, that's a pretty good example, right? That's a pretty good example. I bet he was thinking, I could show you really. I could really bring them angels down here and give you all the whipping, you know. But he didn't, did he? He showed us a better way. He showed us the way of submission to the Father. He showed us the way of love. And love forgives. Love never fails. That's what God wants with our life because there's a release of that stress and anxiety because we let it go. So, let people cut you up. You try it this week when you're driving. And someone, I had it, I prepared this preach and I drove through Hanley and someone come right in front of me. I was like, let them cut me up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity to show them grace and love in their lives, the idiots. <laughs> okay, do you see what I'm saying? Is, is something that this guy wrote down that I, that I read. He says this, just remember Jesus is in the car with you and he's trying to bring an usher in the kingdom of God. Anyway, let people cut you up. Fifth thing is this. Listen to others and promote their ideas. See, what this is doing is this. It's actually teaching us to put others before ourselves. It's, it's teaching us to let go of the stress and the anxiety and the worry by actually... There's such a release with it when we do this. I've got to admit I struggle with this at times because I think I've got to, I've got to give my idea. And nobody's listening to me. So I've got to put it on the page because if I don't get heard, then I'm not valued. I'm not loved. And they need to know that I'm here. They need to hear my ideas. And nobody's listening. There's some great examples in the Bible, would you say? Joseph is probably one of the best examples, I think, that we can look at. But you know, what did they do? They submitted to God. They trusted in God. You know, let others promote the ideas. Let others take part I'll, I'll admit I'm not good at this but I know sometimes it creates anxiety in my life if I'm getting stressed because nobody's listening to me what I'm saying is this just let go let go you know one of my favorite examples of this is have you seen Shrek do you love the donkey pick me yeah he's like bouncing bouncing yeah he wants to be seen by Shrek yeah, he's like, me, me, or Tigger bouncing around. That's just me as well. Some good examples, isn't there, of films of me, I think. But we're like donkey at times. 
I'm not being seen. I'm jumping around. I just want to be loved. And God's saying, Luke, what I'm teaching you is this. Just let it go. Just let it go. And find your love and identity in me. And at the right time, I'll promote you. I'll release you. I'll empower you. But at the moment, you're looking for it in this project or this thing. And it's like, no. Promote others. Promote others. You know, Jesus did this right at the end of his ministry. He said this to the disciples. He said, they will do greater things than I will do. What? What was he doing is this. He was teaching them. He was teaching them to lift others. Not, you won't do as good as me. Look what I did. I fed thousands. He wasn't like that. He was submissive to the Father and he taught us the way to lift others and serve others. You see, the other way of looking and holding on and wanting what we've got, it creates stress and pressure and strain and strive. It's not good for our health, guys. You just got to let go and let God, like Joseph did, like Daniel did, like Jesus did on the cross, just let go and let God. He's the one who resurrects us. You know, if you feel that people aren't listening to you, you feel like you're not heard in this church, you're not heard at home, you're not heard somewhere, I want to say this to you. Let God be enough for you. It's okay if people don't hear you or promote you or champion you or let God be enough. Let God be the fulfiller of your heart and your soul. Let God be enough. That's why the first one is really important. Wait, pray, and act. Connection to God is the, the number one thing. That's why I believe God showed us the vision of this church, a river. And you can't get there without the river. You need the source of life. You need God. You need his truth in your life. And you need the Holy Spirit to empower you and fulfill you in Christ Jesus. So listen to others and promote their ideas. How long have I got? Is this okay? Do you want me to finish? I'll finish if you want. I'm happy to have my identity in Christ and not you. Okay, number six. Are we ready? Don't be defensive. You know, I've got to late. Oh, keep going then. I've got 24 points, really. Don't be defensive. <laughs> I'm going to get them all out. Um, you know, I, I find myself defending myself at times and because something upsets me or makes me cross, and all of a sudden I find myself def being defensive and defending. And actually, the best thing we can do, and it's kind of tied into the others, is this. Let God defend you. I mean, it's pretty stupid, really. Why am I defending myself when God Almighty can defend me? <laughs> it sounds silly, doesn't it? But we do it because we react. We react out of our flesh. Or we react out of our insecurity. And we think, oh, nobody's listening to me or I'm not valued. And all of a sudden, we get defensive. You're not telling me that. You're not telling me what to do. And No. I want to say this. Entrust your reputation to God. Don't look at your to defend your own reputation. Don't, let, don't even ask others or try and manipulate others to tell them how well you're doing or get somebody else to do what you want them to do to make your reputation. No, no. Just trust your reputation to God. Trust your own integrity, doing what's right. I've done that. And yes, I felt I did what's right. And I've got peace about that. I'm not going to engage in a battle now and try and tell people that they need to know that I did that and they need to know that I'm right and they're wrong. It's not going to help you. What you need to do is just trust your reputation to God. You know, learning to let go is never easy, but I believe it's the best way. Because Jesus teaches us, right? 
he teaches about a yoke. And he says, you know, he's, he's talking about religious people that are putting yokes on people and putting, you know, unforeseen things that they're doing that you don't need to be doing to try and eat, uh, earn their identity. And Jesus comes along and he says this, my yoke is, you know it, it's easy. And my burden is, so Jesus' way is easy and it's light. It's us that make it complicated. It's us that carry these things that are extra weights that we don't need to do. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm enough for you, surely. Just come to me, enjoy me. I'm chilled. I'm relaxed. I've got the bacon butties ready, baby. Just come and sit with me. Hang out, chill. Understand what I think about you. Sorry, she's laughing at bacon butties. Maybe she doesn't like bacon butties. Does this make sense? Jesus wants us to relax, yet we take on these other burdens that are so stressful, creates worry, anxiety, and anger at times in our lives. And God's like, I just want you to let it go. And trust me, let go and let God. You know, Colossians, I think we've got it here. Colossians, I might have to open. Have I got it on the screen? No, okay, I'll have to f- work out where it is in my Bible. Has anybody got Colossians chapter 3? Verse 15. Let's have a look. See if I can. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. There we go. Okay. Colossians 3, 15. And it says this. Let, let it, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's it. And then he goes on to say this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and sing songs. He goes on. So what does Christ want us to do? He wants to let us, let him rule in our lives so that we can experience his peace. Don't let these other things, don't let the person who cuts you up, <laughs> you know, don't defend yourself. Don't get into that, that battle of trying to do that. No, just let it go. Now, there are times when you need to speak to people and have a conversation. But if this is creating anxiety and worry and stress in your life that you don't need, you just need to learn to let it go. Is this helpful? So, what does one us to do? I want it to teach you something to do on how to do this. There's a physical thing that you can do. And you might think this is a bit strange, but I've found it helpful at times You know, when I've gone into a prayer room with God and I've talked to God, I've found myself, (coughs) sorry, (laughs) you okay? Chair broke. It's all right. Wait, don't react. Pray. (laughs) Talk to God. Now what do we do? Don't get defensive. Be genuine. There's disappointments. I hope it hasn't cut you. If it has, forgive them. (laughs) Sorry. Here's the deal, right? Breathing. We're called breathe, right? What do we want to breathe in? We want to breathe in God. We want to breathe in the love of the Father. We don't want to believe in, breathe in this world and all the stress and anxiety that it creates. We want to learn to breathe in God. Breathe in them lungs, the presence. And I know you're not breathing. It's in here. But it's a physical act that you can do because sometimes stress it like crams your lungs. I'm not really breathing fully because I've got the pressure and the stress in my life. But if we can just take a deep breath of the presence of God and begin to release, release these things and let them go on a daily basis. 
let go of the person who's not. Let go of it and allow the peace of God to rule your heart in Christ Jesus. It's a discipline to do this on a daily basis. I don't always do it. Some days I forget it. Sometimes it builds up in my life and I've got all this stress and anxiety. Then I have a moment and I go and talk to God and all of a sudden I begin to sense his presence and his peace and all of a sudden I can, I can release this stress and anxiety off my life because I'm recognizing that actually God's in control and it's okay. You know, the, the answer of this is pretty simple, but I think sometimes we complicate it. It's simply this, is to know that we're loved and if we know that we're loved we can relax because we know we're loved and that's what God wants for us that's what he's made possible through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit we can know Christ we can know the king the king of kings we can know him and understand that he's in control and we're secure and we're safe in him we can relax in that and and experience his love and his peace and his joy in our hearts through faith